0: Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Good to be together on Christmas Eve. Whoa. (laughs) Folk, I don't know about you, um, but I saw my wife wrapping some presents, sort of secretly hiding away somewhere, and uh, I can imagine uh, what's going to be in some of those packets. But here are some responses to some weird gifts that uh, we'll hear tomorrow. I think one of them is, well, 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 now there's a gift. (laughs) Another one might be, no, really, I didn't know that there was a Christmas bow tie. Oh, wow, it's a clip-on one too. (laughs) Somebody said, you know, I always wanted one of these. Just remind me again, what's it called? Somebody said, you know what? I'm going to find a special place to put this and kind of eyeing the bin out, you know? Somebody said, boy, you don't see craftsmanship like this every day. (laughs) Start the fire, man. Somebody said, and it's such an interesting color too. (laughs) And then you say that that was the last one. I'm glad that you snapped that baby up, man. And then the final one, I think the number one thing to say about gifts you didn't like is you shouldn't have. No, really, I mean it. You really shouldn't have. (laughs) Well, friends, what is Christmas all about? Well, perhaps it's all about shopping. Who wants to hazard a guess how much people would spend People like you and I would spend in Australia this Christmas season. Anybody want to ha- hazard a guess? 1.5 million, 1.5 million. million. A billion, 1.5 million. Anybody else? Anybody else? 1.5 million. We got here. Twenty dollars. Here we go. <laughs> Anybody else? Two billion. Well, try 64 billion dollars. If you're in denial, look at my lips, $64 billion. And so for people around the world, it might be about shopping, or certainly in Australia, we'll be spending $64 billion this festive season. In fact, it's about shopping. As you came in, you would have seen in that next slide, We've got uh, some decorations up, joy, love, peace. We also want to be part of the festivities. But this evening, I want to try and answer the question, what is Christmas all about? What is Christmas all about? Well, spring cleaning, running around, shopping, wrapping, that might be behind us, or we might just slip some in uh, just before tomorrow morning. But is that what Christmas is all about? Let me read a passage of Scripture to you from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to whom on earth his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, For all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let me leave you with a couple of thoughts on what Christmas is all about. Number one, I suggest that Christmas is all about faith. It's all about faith. Notice how much faith uh, is involved around the Christmas story. If you uh, read a little bit earlier, Zechariah was a man who was uh, in the temple busy doing his chores. And the angel appeared to him and said, Zechariah, you will be the one who will, you and your wife will be the one who will give birth to John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. He was 70 years old. He needed faith. He started off not having faith and he became deaf and dumb for a while and then he had faith. And so Christmas is about faith. If you look at Mary and the angel appears to her, and says, you will be the mother of the Son of God. She would have needed a lot of faith to believe and accept that. If you look at Joseph, who was told by God that uh, his intended wife was pregnant. Shame upon shame. His intended wife is pregnant. By the Holy Spirit, faith is definitely involved in that. It took faith for Joseph to accept that and believe it. Simeon was a man who, who was told that he will not die until the Savior is born. He needed faith. And so Christmas, I suggest to you, is all about faith. What about the wise men? They were told to follow a star by faith and they would be uh, taken to the promised Messiah. What about those shepherds? They, they received a message from the angels uh, and they were going and, to worship The babe of Bethlehem, they needed faith. And by faith, they walked and they went to go and see this babe of Bethlehem. We read in verse 11 of Luke 2, For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I suggest to you that Christmas is all about faith. And the true meaning of Christmas, without having that faith in the Savior, is null and void. We might get that good feeling, but it's null and void. You see, Christmas has got to do with God loving you and me, and in His mercy and in His grace, sending us His Son to come and dwell among us. To come and spend time with us so we can find a way out. We've tried everything else in this world. We've tried to find our own way out, and we fall short each time. But by faith, we have a way, and that way is Jesus Christ. And the price that was paid on the cross of Calvary was for you and for me. And so we can have faith in that Savior that died for us 2,000 years ago. But it started off as a baby. We read in John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave us His one and only Son." That happened at Christmas time. And so, whoever believes in Him—that's faith. We won't perish, but have everlasting life. Christmas is about faith. But you might be sitting here this evening. You say, "Well, I love the Lord Jesus." But it's a bit more than just loving the Lord Jesus. It's making him Lord and Master of your life. And that takes faith. Putting our our trust in him. For him to rule and reign in our lives. Perhaps you slipped a little bit and you uh, become what we might call a little bit lukewarm. You're not so kind of close to God. This is the perfect time to uh, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ once again. Because Christmas is all about faith. Secondly... Christmas is all about joy. It's all about joy. In Luke 2:10, uh, we read but the angels said to them, "Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people." I was analyzing this verse, and and the word good news means uh, listen, you know, uh, there, there was no real good news at the time. There was uh, a lot of uh, trauma, a lot of uh, persecution, a lot of uh, abuse. But the angel appears and says, there is good news, announcing this good news about who? About the Savior of the world. And this Savior will bring great joy. Uh, The word great, there's the word mega, uh, large joy. It will bring about cheerfulness. Why? Because he will take away the sins of the world. And so I suggest to you that as we remember Christmas, it's about joy. It's about remembering the birth of our Savior. It's uh, about uh, practicing the very presence of Jesus Christ in our lives, not once a year, but on a daily basis. I spoke last Sunday, and and, um, there was one young chap, and he's in the corner here, and um, after the, the service, he went to the microphone, and he said, shh. Because we had a little crib there and little baby Jesus, little doll there, and it's shh, Jesus is sleeping. Let's not wake him up. And I found that extremely profound. Because we can allow Jesus to be asleep the whole year, as it were, and wake him up on Christmas Day to receive our gifts and put him back to sleep uh, for another 364 days. But here we can remember the very presence of Jesus Christ. But also it brings great joy that we're able to share that good news to those we come into contact with about what Jesus has done for us. Personally, uh, I was on a lost path, but I heard this good news, and it brought about uh, more than just happiness, because happiness comes about with Tim Tams, as you can see, and, and McDonald's ice cream. <laughs> but it's about the joy, the very presence of Christ within us when every day of our lives, knowing that He is with us. But it's more than that because uh, it's the joy of knowing that one day He will return uh, and we will be with Him for eternity. And it's so exciting to experience that joy uh, in anticipation for the return of Christ. It's also about joy because uh, we look for him and his guidance to lead us every moment of the day, that if one door closes, another better door will open. And so that brings about joy. Now, wonder Paul is able to say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. And the word that he uses there for rejoice is to be glad exceedingly. Not to be happy, not to be happy, because that's circumstantial but to have the very presence of God dwelling in your heart every moment of the day. Nehemiah reminds us in the Old Testament, in Nehemiah 8.10, this uh, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is our strength. The very presence, the grace, the mercy of God is what gives us strength. And that very thought uh, is able to help us to to put our faith and trust in Him. That word strength means He is our rock, He is our fortress, He is our defense. And as we think about that, it brings about this joy. But thirdly, Christmas is all about peace as well. Because in Luke 2.14, we read glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. And, folk, we can't make peace. We know about that. Uh, There's trauma all over the the place. You cannot make peace. Peace is the outcome of reconciliation. And I suggest to you that uh, this Christmas we can find that peace if we reconcile with one another, with what God created, but more importantly, as we reconcile with God. And so that reconciliation with Him, that vertical bar on the cross, that reconciliation with him allows us to reconcile with one another, the horizontal bar beam on the cross. And, and so we, the outcome of that is peace. You see, many times Jesus didn't bring peace because that convicted us and allowed uh, this unsettleness in our heart. But as we reconcile back to him, back with him and become one with him so that peace comes you see our rebellion our sin causes separation it causes animosity in our hearts and in our lives but according to Romans 5 9 we are reconciled back to him we are justified and we are saved because we are at one with him in fact in John one twelve, we read, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, as... He comes and dwells in your heart and in my heart, and we receive him, so uh, we take him. That's what that word receives. We we, we get hold of him. Uh, We accept him. And when he comes into our lives, we are so amazed with him. Hence that beautiful hymn, Amazing Grace. Folk, if it's not amazing, it's not grace. No wonder Uh, that hymn writer was able to sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And so it's about faith, it's about joy, and as I reconcile with him, it's also about peace. You see, that reconciliation comes at a cost, it comes at a cost because when we fail to focus on God, then we don't have that peace. We all all get ourselves uptight and, and restless and worried and anxious because we don't focus on Him. We're busy with the things of this world, and that creates animosity and doesn't bring peace. We're happy to... Uh, you know, have the fun that's available in the world and choose fun more than being reconciled to God. And we allowed ourselves to take on the problems uh, that we often inflict on ourselves, and that brings about disunity with God. But instead, we can hold on to that peace. Isaiah said it so beautifully 700 years before Jesus was born. In Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4, he said, You will keep in perfect peace. And that word peace you know so well. It's the word shalom, which means safe, happy, friendly. There'll be welfare. You'll be in a place of prosperity. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. And I looked up that word today, and you know what it means? When you're leaning on something, you, that, that that you're leaning on is steadfast. It's propped up. If it gets taken away, you'll fall over. But that word means it's propped up. You can lean against it. And so what Isaiah is saying, you'll be in perfect peace when you lean and and sustain yourself and are propped up by God, the creator of the universe. And he says trust in the Lord forever that word trust put your confidence in him and how do we do that well by by reading God's word by praying but by constantly meditating on God that's how we are able to to put our faith and trust in God and that as we reconcile with him that will bring about that peace that passes understanding It's a situation in my heart that I cannot explain. But I know that I know that I know that it's because of Him. And then finally, Christmas is all about favor. It's all about favor. Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. Uh, That word favor uh, means uh, His delight. Uh, When God uh, looks at you and he looks at me, there is delight. Uh, You know, we we often want the uh, rewards and the accolades that come in this world, and rightly so. But when we are waiting for the rewards only on this earth, we will never be satisfied. Because here we read that his favor rests on us. It's, it's an intended favor that he gives to you and to me. And I always say the reason for the filling is the overflow. He has given us his favor so we can show favor to those that we come into contact with. In fact, Paul says it this way in Galatians 6 verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, a beautiful word there, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. There are two words for time. There are two words for opportunity. The one is chronological time. But the word that's used here is God's appointed time. And so this is God's appointed time, the kairos moment, the perfect time, the perfect opportunity, uh, the perfect season, if you like, the right time to do good. And the word good is not aesthetic good. Look good to the eye. No, it's a moral good. Let's go ahead and and become pleasant to those we come into contact with. Let's cease from anger this festive season. Let's do good. Uh, There are some people uh, that we are at enmity with. Uh, Tomorrow, tonight is a perfect time this kairos moment to pick up that phone to send that sms to say hey i've messed up this year uh, please forgive me it's a time of forgiveness when we think of what uh, christ has done for us and forgiven us the least we can do is forgive others it, it's it's those that we're holding grudges against this is a perfect time to reconcile with them uh, perhaps you, you, you have been dealt a couple of knocks this year and they've put you back. Well, you know what? God's favor rests on you as he rests on me. Perhaps you've been the one that's knocked a couple of people back and, uh, you know, allowed them to take steps back. Uh, this is a perfect opportunity to reconcile with them. Uh, perhaps, you know, you, you've not really sought the well-being of others. This is a perfect opportunity. The perfect time to show love and concern for those that we can come into contact with. I wonder if Jesus is master of your life, if he is Lord of your life. This is the perfect time because it's, it's about faith, it's about joy, it's about the favor of God uh, coming and dwelling among us through the babe of Bethlehem. It's a time of hope. Uh, for the, the world to realize that you know we will never come right until we put our faith and trust in him. As you exit, there'll be some of these little candles uh, on the table just before you exit the doors there. Why don't you grab one? And maybe uh, light a candle for somebody tonight or tomorrow. Uh, light a candle for somebody who needs hope who needs some favor, who needs a, a blessing, who needs a bit of love, why don't you grab a little candle and something very active that you could do for them, uh, something practical, uh, and offer hope uh, because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a time of the year where we should be offering this love and this hope and this joy to those we come into contact with. Let's have a look at this um, little presentation about some four candles. I think there might be some music that goes with it. Let's pray together. Dear God, you you are our hope. Please come into my heart, forgive all my wrongs and give me your wonderful gift of eternal life. Help me be an instrument of your love and cause your light to shine on others through me. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that this is the season to rejoice because of what you've done for us, the season to love, to experience you. And Lord, we pray that you will come, Lord, not just be the baby in the manger, but that you will be alive and well and reign supreme in our hearts and in our minds. Please be with us, Lord. Guide us, lead us, keep us safe. And may we be the hope of the world because you have given us that hope thank you for the good news of christmas may we share it with those we come into contact with we thank you lord and we are grateful in jesus name amen god bless you thank you Pete.